Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? It is Friday, Super Bowl Friday, the Friday before Super Bowl Sunday. We are pumped up. This is Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. Hannah Ostapchuk joining us as always. My man Debo is holding it down. I am in Minnesota still, ready to get the, you know what, out of here because it is freezing. Uh, how are you guys? How are things back in sunny South Florida? Good. We want to know how the parties are. So that usually oh, is. Oh, 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 so. so usually that is the highlight of Super Bowl week. It's not the game. Like that's why most of the players are here. And uh, yesterday I got to interview Patrick Peterson, and I was talking to him, and he was like, "I'm about to be done. I'm getting ready. I'm finding out what parties are good." And so I had it all lined up. He was telling me which the good ones were. He's like, "Oh, you got to check out this one." And I was like, "All right, hook it up." And he's like. Word, you can do it. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I was ready to roll. And then I got home and it got back to the hotel room. And it's literally, it was like minus five yesterday. It's insane. Like it's a different kind of cold. <laughs> and I got in the hotel room and it was seven. And that oh, would have been no. perfect time for me to go out. And nobody's going out to like 10 o'clock. So I'm yeah. like, forget that. Like, <laughs> you're so old. Then it had to entail Dude. like putting back on layers. You're such oh a God. dad. It That's is hard. Dad. It is hard though when it, you're so cold. It's like bone chilling, but also just like drink and then you're fine. I'm curious though. Cause it's been like a decade <laughs> since I was at the Super Bowl. What were the parties that you were supposed to be at? Like what were the it parties this year to go to? So CAA, that's my agency. They had a big party last night. That's supposed to be a really good one. Uh, uh, EA Sports does a big one. And now when, when I say like parties, a lot of them are open to the public now. It used to be like super, super VIP. The Playboy party was always right. really good. Really, it was always judged on how hard it was to get in. Uh, I'll tell you what the other thing is. Like being married, like my when I used to go to the parties, like the sole reason I would go – was to meet ladies, right? Like, I mean, that's why you would go to these parties. So I'm like, why am I going to go? My wife was actually like, oh, she was like, you need to go network. And I'm like, there's not much networking going on at yeah. a lot of these parties. So, that's yeah, so that, that's <laughs> that kind of my funny. Super Bowl party. It's kind of lame, and I'm out of here tonight, but I can't wait to get back to Florida and my family. Um, but we're going to get to a bunch of Super Bowl stuff. We're going to do our whole preview. We're going to break down the game. We're going to do our picks and props, our official game picks are on. Hopefully Debo's not nervous. I don't know if we're going to jinx him again, but we made it through last week with the jinx. But uh, I want to lead with this, and I'll be curious to see what uh, what Raja thinks of this. So there was some news, and it's been a crazy week. Like It's hard to believe that we've had two blockbuster trades, one in the NBA with Blake Griffin, one in the NFL with Alex Smith, and yet there was another piece of news that was really making the rounds. I guess I'll use that terminology. And it was LeBron James possibly going to the Golden State Warriors. And it was on the news ticker on the bottom line. It was talked about on every single show across ESPN because Chris Haynes of ESPN had sources tell him LeBron James would consider meeting with the Warriors this offseason if Golden State is able to create the max salary slot. And he said it was, quote, out of respect for the winning culture. Raja, your thoughts? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's an absurd, like, the the only interesting part to me about it is that it actually came from Chris Haynes, who who is plugged in there in, in Cleveland. Um, 
he was there. I, I, I think he's in Portland now, but he was in Cleveland. He was a beat writer in Cleveland when I was with the Cavs. So he's got sources in Cleveland close to the situation. That's interesting to me because of where the leak might have come from. Um, and, and, and then it becomes interesting as to why he would want to put that out there. He being LeBron James, there's absolutely no way that he would consider going to Golden State. I mean, that would forever tarnish his legacy. It would, um, you know, it would probably be the, the beginning of the downfall of the modern NBA. They would have to put put measures in place to stop things like that from happening. And I don't think Golden State would 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 liquidate a roster that's been cruising through the the NBA landscape to get LeBron, a guy who they've beaten. So there are any number of reasons it wouldn't happen. But I do think it was interesting, and I can't figure out why LeBron would want that out there. But but I don't doubt that he would take a phone call like that's what every free agent does now it becomes like your high school recruitment all over again they're taking phone calls and visits and 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 being wooed by any team that's potentially um a suitor so i mean i could see him doing that but there's not a chance that he winds up going or seriously considering golden state but these other teams like the spurs heat lakers rockets like do you see him going anywhere maybe miami (laughs) he would reportedly take meetings with them as well yeah, I mean, look, that's the, that's the, when I was, when I was a free agent, and clearly I wasn't in the, um, in the same conversation with like LeBron and Gordon Hayward and, 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 and these max free agents that are coming out. But you just, you took phone calls and then you might have a team come in and see you in term, like, and, and sit down with you the day after free agency begins and give their spiel. But, um, you weren't flying out, getting tours, having these, you know, big productions made for, for every team that had interest in you, and it's taken on a life of its own. So I could, you know, players seem to enjoy that, right? Like it kind of strokes everybody's ego a little bit. Everybody likes to feel like they're wanted, and so I, I could see him doing that. But I, I don't think Golden State could ever be in the conversation in terms of a destination for LeBron. Danny, were you equally as dismissive two years ago when the Kevin Durant stuff started to get reported? Because Woj reported that, and people dismissed that around the same time of the year why would Kevin Durant ever go to the Warriors? He's on a Thunder team that he excels at. They're a great team. Did you have that same feeling two years ago, or is this totally different? Uh, so here's the thing. All right, Debo, you made me mad because I was uh-uh. about to just totally blow up this story and say this is ridiculous that we're even talking about this. We've wasted six minutes of our podcast. <laughs> no, no, forget what I just said. I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, but because that's – and I was going to get to that. Like that's what ESPN does a lot is they'll have a story from a writer, and then every show runs with it, and then somehow it blows up into this huge news story. Uh, because I And then the other part of me is like, why would LeBron leak this? Because he likes the attention. He likes being talked about. And I don't think he has any intention of going there. I think he'd get crushed if he did. And I think he does worry about his legacy. And I think it would be awful for the NBA, like all of those things. But when you said that, it was funny, because I was working with Ryan Rosillo at the time, and Rosillo's pretty dialed in on the NBA. And he was one of the early ones who said, don't be surprised. Like, don't don't be surprised if Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors. So, yeah, we did talk about it. But now you just made me mad because that blew up my story that this is a non-story. So, <laughs> so Because that, that, like, drives me nuts. I'm sitting there going, like, it was literally going across, like, breaking news. Like, I was like, uh-oh, did somebody get hurt? Like, usually, like, newsworthy stuff that goes across the bottom line is, like, legit. Like, something real happens. And to me, this seems like such a, a just a, almost a made-up story, although Chris Haynes is a good writer. He does have sources. So somebody fed him this. I just wondered if it was worthy of all the discussion. Yeah, I, I, we're just in a uh, – culturally now, we just take whatever we can get. and it. it, it, it just, <laughs> well, that's, that's my point. You know what I mean? Like, and, and especially as it pertains to, like, LeBron. And LeBron, you know, for, 
for the amazing player that he is, I mean, he and his camp are really, really shrewd businessmen. Um, they are very, very manipulative of the media, especially through social media means. And I, and I, I say that um, as a compliment. Like they, they really know how to, how to get a message out there, get it, out, get it out there in a way that will, that will, um, will drum up interest in a story that's probably a non-story that everyone knows is a non-story, but it still winds up being something that you can't let go. You know, they're they're just really good. They're as good as any camp in in modern sports history as I've ever seen of of controlling the media. Yeah. All right, we've wasted enough air on it because I don't think it's happening. <laughs> so, all right, what is happening, though? We're going to get to that with Hannah. What's up? All right, action-packed game between Denver and OKC last night that ended with a Gary Harris buzzer beater to lift the Nuggets to a victory. Action-packed postgame, too, as Thunderstar Russell Westbrook shoved a fan that stepped onto the court. The NBA is reviewing the incident. Russ says he was just protecting himself. Get off the court, son. What are you doing on the court? Like, you got <laughs> no business out here on the court. And Yusef Nurkic, Nurkic, Nurkic. With the slight shuffle of the feet travel before he inbounded the ball to Gary Harris. Big shot. Great game. Um, and I think Westbrook handled it well, right? Like, well, you have somebody in your face and you don't know what they're going to do. They're on your, you know, in, in your environment there. To just kind of back him up with a little something to the chest I think was cool. He could have laid him out. The guy had no business on the court. That's what I was thinking. Like, it wasn't that bad. And I thought he could have been a lot worse. And the NBA, they, that security guard, whoever let him on the court, is the one who should be disciplined. He's fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Blake Griffin forgot his jersey coming out of half, but didn't forget his name. Didn't forget his game name in the Pistons <laughs> debut. Griffin nets twenty four points, ten rebounds, five assists, and two blocks in Detroit's one hundred four to one hundred two win over Memphis. Yeah, it was awesome. They had the uh, the made up shirts welcoming Blake Griffin to Detroit. It was pretty cool to see him play there. I had a quick question for Raja though, because after the game, he said, "Hey, I barely knew the offense. I only knew four plays." Yeah. How? plays are typically in an NBA offensive game plan. Oh my god. In a, in a game plan? Well, yeah, or on on a team like and as part of their offense. Um you could have I mean, let's let's just use Philadelphia for example. We'd have our three series. Out of three series, you could have five plays. You'd have horn series, you could have five plays. You could have a four up series, you could have five. I mean, you could have anywhere from, you know, 35, 45 plays over the course of a season. Like you implement them, you put them in you know, you stagger putting him in, right? But you could wind up with a with a with a playbook, forty five, fifty plays on offense See, that's, easily. That's shocking to me because I I never like when I watch. I'm a casual fan. I played high school basketball, but yeah. I I don't see that much strategy play out, and that, that's just an ignorance of me. Like I didn't, I never would have pictured that. Like I would have figured four, like he's good to go. Yeah, but no, you yeah you. you it, I'm saying that you have those at your disposal, like because you've been you've been exposed to them. Like a coach has probably shown you them, and you at one time or another coming out of a timeout, you've maybe run something so like that. Are, but but that's not. Out of bounds under basket situational. Plays. Yeah, over. Well, yeah. I mean, that probably would take the take the number a, a bit higher. But you're not going through 40 plays in a game, right? Like in a game, you might run. I mean, nine plays, right? Like that. So right. you, you don't need 40 plays to compete in a game. So having four or five plays, that's a little light, but it's not. I mean, that's not crazy, right? All right, sorry, Hannah. Back oh, good. <laughs> Another <laughs> debut. So if Instagram is accurate, the Big Baller League is set to start this summer, headed by LeVar Ball. The logo posted on social media yesterday with intentions to start a pro league for top-ranked prospects who don't plan on going to college. Ball has previously stated that the league plans to pay players between 3000 and 10000 per month, depending on prospect rankings. Triple Bs. Hey, listen, I'm Le- LeVar Ball. 
We've got a dope little fifth grade travel team down here. You want to, <laughs> you want to sponsor us? Send us some triple B stuff. Holla at your man. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Ryan Shazier has been discharged from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center rehab facility and moved to outpatient care after spinal surgery in December. The Steelers linebacker posted photos standing up with his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. It was a great sight to see. Yeah, it was awesome. It's really, uh, that's one of the scariest moments for an NFL player is for anybody, either current or even former, you're like, man, that could have been me. Because every time you take the field, you know there's that risk, however slim it may be, that you might not be able to walk off the field. And it might be from something like an ACL. It might be from a back injury. It might be from a neck injury. Whatever it is, it's always really serious. But usually the question that you ask yourself and you ask the doctors, is when can I get back on the field? Mm-hmm. But what's the scariest situation is you say, can I walk again? And it was really uh, just a sigh of relief for everybody to see Ryan Chazier up and moving around and getting out of the hospital. And all the best to him and our prayers and thoughts to him as we continue to watch him and his recovery. All right. My last one is definitely not the least important. Roger, this one's for you. Okay. Rob Gronkowski cleared from concussion protocol. He will play in Super Bowl 52. No surprise there. Bump Gronk. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's our surprise guest right there. So, Roger, who we got with us today? This is my middle son, Ty Bell. Um, he actually called the Super Bowl finalist. We made him change his pick. Because we told him Carson Wentz was injured, and so he went with another team. But no, that's that's great. I look anytime you're on the biggest stage, whatever sport it's in, you want to see the best participants. You want to see the teams at their most healthy. It's unfortunate that Carson isn't there, but having Gronk there certainly will make the game uh, more interesting and, and give the Patriots much more of an opportunity, like they need it already. Right? There was there was zero doubt that he was going to play. Like it, everybody knew, it was like it's, yeah. he's going to yeah, play. Yeah, it's stupid and, that it was even a headline. I like how we got our, our man Ty there with the bump wrong. Like that's the kid only person. I like that. Yeah. But Debo could mess with some people because he could bleep out the bump. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Everybody thinks that you're I'll do a that. dad. That's basically what would happen. Like so father, have... like son. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So let's get to it. It is the reason I'm out in Minneapolis. It is Super Bowl 52. You can make sure you watch it. 6:30 NBC. Everybody's gonna be tuning into that. It's the most watched event of the year. Uh, it's been crazy because I've been trying to pick this game, right? And I've been looking at all the different angles. And I think the most important player in this game as to how it unfolds, it isn't Tom Brady because we know what we're going to get with him. I don't think it's Gronk. I think you know what you're going to get with him. I don't think it's Garrett Blunt. I don't think it's J.H.I. I think it is Nick Foles. I think the way the game plays out is how does he play in this game. And that's the big question. Can he keep this streak going because he's been incredible uh the last couple playoff games he's really opened it up Doug Peterson has showed a lot of confidence in him and I think when you even break it down a little bit more it comes down to how does he play in that first quarter and first quarter and a half because if he gets out to a hot start I think the Eagles could get ahead and I think they could do what everybody else can't And that's keep the lead and close out the game and not let Tom Brady come back on him. But I think it all boils down to Nick Foles and more specifically, like his mental state. Can he play as confident as he has throughout these last couple games? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because after listening to you and and, and Brady, uh, Brady Quinn talk last week, I thought about Nick Foles because, you know, when I came into the NBA and I was with with Philly, I had the benefit of everything happening so fast that I really didn't have a chance to let it sink in. And really start understanding the gravity of the situation. Um, 
And so I played loose. I played free. It wasn't wasn't a big deal. I wasn't supposed to be there anyway, and, and things just kind of rolled. Um, if I had had the time to really let it sink in and, and understand what I was doing, I, I imagine there would have been a level of nerves that came with that. And so, you know, it will be very interesting to see um, how Nick Foles looks early. And I agree with you. I think I think that the coaching staff, it's it's their job to make sure you put him in a position to succeed early. I was one of those guys, especially in big situations, I'd like to see something positive happen early. And I couldn't always control whether or not I made the shot, so I would switch my mindset sometimes and say, listen, like let's make something really good happen defensively. He doesn't have the benefit of doing that, but just me making a great defensive play early in the game would really help my swag and my ability to be good offensively. So for him, not having the benefit of being able to do something else – Get him some easy throws. Get him some stuff that that you know he likes to do in practice. He looks really comfortable doing it. Even if it's not the most aggressive thing in your playbook and it's a little out of character, get him going uh, because, obviously, to your point, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to live or die with Nick Foles and whether or not the Eagles have a chance. And that's where I think Doug Peterson, being a you know a, a, a longtime veteran quarterback, played in the league, backed up Brett Favre, played forever, I think he knows that. And I think he'll – He'll uh, draw up the game plan to do that. And it's funny because you talked about having a defensive play. I almost liked to get hit early in the game because it kind of woke me up. And you can't – like every other position across the field is hitting in warm-ups. Like they're doing drills where they're kind of loosely tackling. They're hitting each other. And, I mean, I don't know if you remember Brady used to have somebody come up and hit him and hit his shoulder pads. I never did that, but it, it – well, I should have because it does kind of slap you into like, hey, we have to play football. Let's go. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out, maybe runs an RPO where he keeps it. Nick Foles does. Yeah. Because that's a play where you literally like it might not go for a lot of yards, but you keep the defense. You say, hey, I can the quarterback can run. So it kind of opens up the run game. It puts that in the back of their mind that, hey, Foles can run this. He can keep it. It keeps Foles out of making a bad mistake early he won't throw an interception if he has to run it and if he does get hit and he'll go down i'm not talking about getting drilled but he'll go down it will kind of wake him up in that game and it was something that was a big part of their game plan in the first round of the playoffs the shorter rpo option type uh, option stuff because it gets the ball out of his hands and it you know if he runs it it gets a positive play and if it's a pass it's so quick there's not a lot of time to read out stuff it's usually open or it's not and I think that'll be critical uh, for Foles as he starts this game. The thing, Raja, that worries me about Foles is that I agree with you. Like, he hasn't had a lot of time to think about stuff throughout the first – well, he got the bye week, so he did have to sit on it. But, man, the the sitting on two weeks of I'm playing in the Super Bowl, I'm playing against Tom Brady. He had the, you know, the opening night, the media day, when he's answering all these questions and talking about how life-changing is. And he almost was crying when he was talking about his daughter and what it would mean and how he's a dad. Like all those emotions are all of a sudden magnified. And how has he been handling that? I think it – and it's – I'm sure people are like, well, why does that matter? What happens when he steps on the field? I just – I don't know how he'll respond to that. And I think he'll be okay. But, again, I think watch that first quarter and a half. See if he gets off to a hot start because if he gets – if it goes sideways, if he throws a pick on the first series or the first quarter, I think it could be – it could get ugly uh, with the Patriots uh, yeah. going their way. And it, it matters because – I mean it, it, because you're a human being. Man. Like if you're if you're in that game and you haven't managed those emotions um, 
you know, I, I had talked with my, my older son yesterday on our way to, to him seeing his quarterback guy, and we talked about focus and how easily you can lose focus. Like, you may think that you're focused, right? Like, you, you may have poured all your energy and concentration into this moment, and when you get in the moment, your focus was off. Like, you, you, something happens, and you're distracted, and you've, lo- you've lost all focus. And in the midst of a game as big as the Super Bowl, there were very – small handful of people that can lose focus and find it again that quickly. Like when everything yeah. around you is going wrong, it's not an easy thing to do to find your center, to get your focus back. And especially as a quarterback position in the NFL, like if he's rattled and he loses his focus, I mean, that it's it's over. It's gone. And so yep. for, for a guy who hasn't been there, it's interesting. And I think this is a setup week kind of like, you know, they say you've got that that penciled in loss sometimes when you're like college football team or college basketball team, you're, you've come off this emotional high and you've beaten your, you've beaten your rival. And then there's this, this lowly team waiting. Now, granted, it's the, it's the high and mighty Patriots. Like it's, it's the best franchise maybe in the history of football. Like, but, but Nick Foles is coming off of you're the, oh my God, the savior of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like he is riding an all time high and, I'm not saying that Nick Foles would read his own press clippings or anything like that, but it's hard not to be aware of what you've done for the city um, because you've been answering these questions for two weeks. You've been you've been lauded as the as the savior there when Carson Wentz went down. So if there's any of that going on as well, I mean, it really could be a setup. Yeah, it's impossible for him to insulate himself from all the noise. Like it's just impossible. Anytime you flip on the like, you would have to almost. Like you hear about juries going and uh, being sequestered yeah, and bunker down. <laughs> like you can't have cable in your t- in your hotel room. Like it just and but I think you know he's used to have being the center of attention for some time. Just how does it respond? On the flip side, for the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and it, it almost feels like we're breaking down how the Eagles can win this game because I think it does boil down to that because we know what we're going to get from Brady and the Patriots and Belichick. But I'll give you the two most important players on the Eagles defense. It's Timmy Jernigan and Fletcher Cox. It's the middle of the defensive line. They have to drive back the center and the two guards into Tom Brady's lap. Because if you get pressure off the edge, you can step up. And that's that's what the pocket is designed for. It's designed for the tackles to kick out and push those guys past. And then Brady can step up. It's clean. And once they kind of whoosh, like they go by you, it's all of a sudden it's a sense of calm because they're kind of out of the play. What screws everything up for an offense is when a quarterback can't step up. And all of a sudden, Brady, who's a pocket passer in the purest sense of the word, once if he can't step up, he's not going to get out of the pocket. He's not going to be able to elude that rush. That's where the, uh, the, the Eagles defense can screw up Tom Brady and that quick, short passing game, which he utilizes so well. You know, it's interesting. That's a really – like. People, when you can get to Tom Brady, you, I've seen him this year early in the season look like, like, like not, like he wasn't a football player. Like, look like someone who absolutely did not want to get hit, right? When he sensed something near him and it wasn't on the outside, like this was coming from a, a close proximity up the middle, he just goes down. Like, he doesn't even want to take the hit. He'd rather just snap it again and try to make up the yards on the next play, right? So, I mean, if you're going to have a chance of rattling him, you hit the nail on the head. That's the recipe. It can't, it can't come from those edges where he's able to step up inside of it. It's got to come at his knees. And I don't mean to like hurt somebody, but Danny, you are a quarterback. Like they don't like people living down there around their knees, oh, right? You don't, you, no. your eyes are upfield. You're trained to be looking at receivers and scanning the field. Like you, you can't account for somebody rolling into those legs. You have to make him nervous, make him uncomfortable, have him unsettled in that pocket. Do you imagine, I mean, 
I know you can do that for a bit of time, like Fletcher Cox, and, and, and they can get after him for a while. But is there the depth there? Like, you got to forgive my knowledge of Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, defensive front. Do they have the depth to do that for the length of a game? Well, that's the big question. And it's not even so much of a depth, it's endurance. Because I don't think you have to roll through guys on the roster. They just have to make sure they close out the game, which you said Jacksonville struggle with doing it. You saw Atlanta struggle with doing it last year. And that's almost like when we get to coaching, because I do want to hit the coaches, that's Doug Peterson's biggest challenge. If if they get up 14-3 to or if they get up, I don't know if they get up 28-3 like the way the Falcons did last year, but when you have the lead, you have to keep the same aggressive mindset and still keep going for the jugular. You can't, you can't get cautious. You can't, there's a, there's a four minute offense, which is a style of offense where you're basically, and it's, it's called the four minute because usually you go to it with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you basically run the ball a lot. If you pass it, if you're a quarterback, you try to either, you're going to, you don't, you'll take a sack. You don't want to throw it away because you want to keep the clock moving. And I think a lot of teams go to that four-minute offense a little bit too early, and especially against the Patriots, because they're. But it's really tough because you start scoreboard watching, yep. and you're looking up, and you're like, "Man, we we can close this out." There's only eight minutes left in this game. But what you have to remember is that every time Brady has the ball in his hand, it's a threat to score. Like it's just you you can't let off the gas when you get to that position. I and you said so. I think Brady and you talked about him not wanting to get hit. He took a page out of Peyton Manning's playbook late in his career because he does like the dive. Yeah, he'll like, go down. He'll, like he'll, as soon as he sees somebody in his vicinity, he just, it's like, I, I'm out of here. Peace. I'm not right. doing anything. <laughs> Even more so when he, watch him when he's, when he start, if he does get pressure up the middle or even from the ed, edge and he has to start running, watch his head because he does what you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to keep your eyes downfield. Brady starts looking behind him, making sure he's not going to get run down. He's looking like his head is on a swivel, not downfield. He's making sure he doesn't get hit, which at his age, at his lack of mobility, he is protecting his body and his health, which is the most important thing he has going for him. So I think uh, with the coaches, I think it'll be like, again, we know what we're going to get out of Belichick. You know he's going to have something defended. And when I said – um that I think, you know, that the Eagles should start off with RPOs and it's quick, easy passing games. I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick comes out early and bumps across the board, bump press coverage and says, nope, we're not going to give you those easy throws. Like he's going to have a counter for that because Belichick is so well known to take away what you do best. And I think they'll have to try to get some hits and some licks on Nick Foles as well. It was fun. Raja. So two years ago when the uh, Patriots went to uh Denver in the AFC Championship game. I was doing something on ESPN radio and I we were talking about how to how to how the Broncos would win. And it was with Von Miller that defense. And I said something and I think it pertains to this game too. And it got totally blown up by some Boston local fans. They were very upset. But I said, "Hey, in this type of game, if you want to pressure Brady, if you want to get in his head, if you're a defensive coordinator or a defensive player, it might be worth it." And I'm not saying a dirty hit, but I'm saying a late hit. Absolutely. Or it might get a penalty. You might get a 15-yard penalty, but the fact that it's in his head, it's almost worth the 15 yards. That's, you know? No. And it's not, I'm not I'm not suggesting because this that was what was played up by Boston fans who were sending me death threats on Twitter. <laughs> um, but like it, it's worth it. Like go whatever you can do 
to get in his head, hit him if it's a because usually there's there's a time and it's you know it's got to be a split second if you're there. If that beats just a little bit longer, then just go ahead and hit him. You want to wear on his body and have him in that thought process of man, this is going to be that type of game. And if you're the Eagles, you have to have that mindset. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, there's a fine line between like trying to trying to hurt a guy like. Who was the guy who – Jim McMahon? What play yeah, was that? That's exactly the play I was thinking about. Yeah, like, you don't want to do that. Like I'm not talking about that type of penalty. I'm talking about the bam, bam, Brady just throws it, and you might be close enough to get the sack. And don't you, pull up. Right. Don't, don't pull up. Don't Go ahead pull up. and hit him and make him feel it. And maybe the ref calls it. He's probably going to get the call because he's Tom Brady. But it, it's not It's not the worst thing to get the 15-yard. And then maybe even change that. Like when you get to the third quarter – you have a mindset of, hey, all right, now we've hit him enough. Now let's just play it within the, you know, let's make sure we don't get the 15 yards because the game situation is, hey, we got to go out there and make sure we win this game. Absolutely. Once he's looking for you, once you're like, he's seeing ghosts now, right? Like he's just, he's yeah. now, now you can pull up and, and treat it regular. But like, I, I get that fans, you know, have this reaction, especially when, when it pertains to, to something you've said about their team or something like that. But let's, like, this is competitive sports at its highest level. Guys are taking every opportunity to gain an advantage that they can find. Like, I was a guy that would go out there, I've said it before, like, I would hit you early, like in a basketball game. I would take a shot when the refs weren't looking, and I'd try to crack your ribs as hard as I could crack them because if, if, if I could get you in my pocket or get you worrying about what I would do, um, it would just take you that much further out of your game. Like, I knew guys, Shaquille O'Neal did it to me one time. Like, I was hot making jump shots. And he came up to challenge a play. It was in Miami. I was around the free throw line. I had taken one dribble. And he came up to challenge my shot with a hand high in the air. But what he was really doing was sticking his foot under mine. So I came down and I rolled the hell out of my ankle. And I, I couldn't shoot the rest of that game because I, in fear of coming down on someone's foot. And, like, that was a little dirty. Me and Shaq had our moment about that when he got traded to, to Phoenix. But the point was, like, at sports at that level – like you're trying to gain whatever advantage you can. I'm sorry. Like I'm not. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to take any food off of your table. But if it means I hit Tom Brady a split second after the play, well then, damn it, I'm going to be hitting Tom Brady a split second after the play because I need Tom Brady off of his game. His be- so, and, quick and, question because there was a story. It was actually pretty interesting because it talked about the nut shot in basketball. Like yeah. when you would take that cheap shot around the groin area because that to me would be one where if you're a three point shooter and a guy just one time buzzes by you and just gives you a little flick sure. or whatever just enough to get you thinking about it that would mess with my head like well, i wouldn't want to be just given an open open exposure to through two to three if i knew that was potential of happening you know like it's that it, something that goes on not, yeah but it didn't start as a nut shot it started as like smack him in the in the belly kind of like as you went by you just you you pop him in his belly and yeah that that affects the heck out of a shooter up in his in his motion like really concentrated on that rim um and 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 so, look, we had a game a couple years ago. We were playing an older team. We were in Naples, Florida. And it was clear that this team was just too big, too strong, too good. They had a kid that was that was unbelievable. So the kid sitting next to me at the time, like we were a third-grade team, he was a first-grader. So I said to him, all right, listen, here's what you can do. You're going to go over, and you're going to play that kid man-to-man. And you're going to stand right in his face the whole game. And every second that ref's not looking at you, you smack him in his belly. Every ch- You just keep patting him in his belly with the back of your hand. You just keep tapping him. And eventually the kid is going to fry out and start doing some stupid stuff. And the kid fried out. Like he got under his skin. The kid fried out. He started doing some stupid stuff. We couldn't win the game. But the point was like like ethically I was like, man, do I teach? But it was a good teaching moment. Like we weren't trying to hurt the kid. 
And I thought that teaching kids how to have a competitive advantage in a situation like that and play the cards that you're dealt, and that's what we were dealt, uh, was a good lesson for them. Like, and at the end of the game, we were all friends and so on and so forth. But in the moment, like, you're trying to do what you can to figure out how to win a game and gain that advantage. Hannah, how are we doing on that uh, anger management course? For- <laughs> <laughs> no, not punch him in the belly. Not punch him. Just, just tap him. From coaching in the state of Florida. <laughs> no, Ty was sitting here smiling and shaking his head, so I think it worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our picks and props, Debo. Because, but we got the record is so deceiving. Because I've given out the winners the past two times. The lock of the week was the Eagles as underdogs, and you're killing me with this total record. Right, so we're going to change it. To be transparent, I'm going to say the record, and it's Danny, 11-15-1. Raja, finally over 500 yeah. at 9-8-1. and one. So we're going to change it. We're going to make the spread, you guys picking the spread, worth 10 points because it's the Super Bowl. You have to. The over-under, we're going to make that 5 points. So Danny has a real chance to get ahead of Raja, depending <laughs> yeah. on, you know, who they pick. I don't have to beat Raja. Like, I just want to, I just want to. Yes, you sure do. I give. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people know when I give the lock, they need to pay attention. Like that's the one they need to put. You know, the ears perk up when we give the lock because we're picking every game, which is really hard to do. Yeah, and like you said, to be fair, the past you know, two weeks your locks have been dead on. We'll see if that yeah. lock continues this week. <laughs> Big edition of picks and props. We're gonna do obviously the picks on the game, some real props, and as always, some fake props. But we start with a big one: the spread. Opened at six points as of taping. We're taping this on Friday morning around 7.30 a.m. The Patriots, four-and-a-half-point favorites <laughs> over the Philadelphia Eagles. Where are we going with this one, the big one? Go ahead, Raja. You go first. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. Um, sorry, Ty. Sorry, Debo. Uh, I, I'm just going with – look, I'm, I love the story. I think it's great. I'm going with the proven entity in, in coach and player. Uh, Pats, I think, will cover that number. All right. I am letting it ride. So if I have won on the last two times as the Eagles as underdogs, I'm taking all that money and I'm letting it ride. I wouldn't go money line, but I actually do think the Eagles win this game. Hey, yo. I take the four and a half if I can get it. The Patriots typically do play in close games in the Super Bowl. Uh, they've won a couple, you know, field goals late, coming back from behind. They play, they trail. I think if you look at the entirety of the, the, the path to get there, the Patriots have had a pretty light schedule this week, uh, this year. The AFC, uh, East has not been the best division. Um, even in the playoffs, their road to get there, the Titans and Jags, like, come on, like, that's, it's pretty easy road to get there. Blake Bortles, the Eagles on the other side playing a much tougher conference. They played against uh, better quarterbacks. They've overcome more adversity, and they really have thrived in this underdog role. I think they don't have much pressure on them. I think they look at it, and they're like, hey, the Pat- that's the dynasty. Everybody thinks the Patriots are going to win. I think they can play loose and free, and I think Nick Foles actually does have it in him to get out there and have a big game on this stage because he is. He's been this huge up-and-down quarterback, but when he's up, he's as good as anybody in the league. So I'm going to ride that Nick Foles hot hand to uh, with the Eagles. Raja, Patriots against the spread. Danny, Eagles against the spread. Underdogs 9-1 and against the spread this postseason and 13-4 and against the spread in the last 17 Super Bowls. So we learned on previous podcasts that Raja and his kids like doing brackets together. Ty, I want to ask you, who's going to win 
the Super Bowl on Sunday, Patriots or the Eagles? The Eagles. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> there it is. All right. Okay, like Todd. Good for you. I'm not allowed to touch these subjects. Now, anymore. I'm going to ask you, Hannah. Who you got? Oh, no. It's the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm letting okay. it slide. I want the Eagles to win. So, yeah. Eagles. So Go with your heart. Go with your heart. My heart wants the Eagles, obviously. We Come learned on. about all those multi-million dollar bets, so that's why the line has shifted a little bit. According to our site that we use, Sportsbook, shout out Sportsbook, uh, 51% of the money is on the Eagles against the spread. So very right. close Barely. there. Man. A quick question for you guys. How much, what does your net worth have to be to bet a million dollars on this game? Jeez, I, it's got to be like a hundred million, right? Like yeah, you can't just be million, throwing around a million bucks if you don't have a hundred million. A hundred million. I mean, if I, if I had a hundred million, I wouldn't be betting a million. I mean, God. I know. I still, I, there'd be either, a lot. I would never be betting a million. Period. But Same. like, what? That's what my question is. Like, how? I that's. I, I don't mean, know. That's, that's a great question. I mean, I, you'd have to be a. a I, I'm I think a, you like need multi hundred millionaire billionaire. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We're all like, oh, we wouldn't touch that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We need a billionaire, a billionaire yeah. on the show to, to to ask how much is this. All, all right. right, what's uh, what else you got for us, Steve? O- over under right now, forty eight and a half. Where do you see this one siding? Is it is it higher scoring or? What do you think, Raja? Uh uh-uh, No, you first. <laughs> I would say under. I think sometimes in a Super Bowl, it's kind of guys are a little bit nervous. I think. I mean, last year the, it was it was really low scoring early, and the Patriots came back late and scored a lot of points. I would take the under, but I don't feel caught. That's an avoid for me. I wouldn't touch that. I hate the over under a bet anyway. Like who roots for under. points? Like I hate that bet. Yeah, I was going under until you just went under. So <laughs> I've had some some success as of late fading Danny. Is that correct? Like fading yeah. him. So we're gonna go over just for. Are we counting that in the total picks, Debo? Like a pick like that. Are we counting that? Yeah, we're giving that one. We're assigning that one five points in our standings. Spread All ten, right. over under five. All right, All we're right. gonna move on to the props. Ty, I want to ask you one more question. It's a big one. You ready? The coin toss: heads or tails? Tails never fails. Yeah. <laughs> That's the motto I love. Tails never fails. He ties spot on. What did I say when you asked me? You asked me this the other day, and I thought, like, long and hard. Like, I was like, you need to come back to me. <laughs> I didn't know. I said, Hannah, there's literally two options. They're the same. Like, go, go with a motto and stick with it. Did you, did you decide? I remember Tails Never Fails. Tales never I forgot. F- if only Tails Well, you know what's there. crazy about this? There. Like, we were talking about the million-dollar bets. A lot of money will be bet on the coin toss. Are you serious? Like, really? That's oh, a real yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. You can yeah, win money before play. the game even there starts. There will be a lot of money on the coin toss. Fantastic. Moving on to some actual ones regarding the game. The first half spread is the Patriots minus three. So an interesting tidbit that we learned this week and has been put out there this week. The Patriots in their eight Super Bowl appearances, or previously seven, with Tom Brady have not scored a point in the first quarter. So that's extremely interesting. But that first half, Patriots minus three. Where do we, where are we siding there? I'm going to say I would take the Eagles in that one, too, because I, I think you, the Patriots have played from behind a ton. I think the Eagles will have a game. The Patriots' defense isn't that great. I think with those guys up front, they'll be fresh, as Raja was saying, you know, how are they depth. But I think in the first half, they'll be fresh. I think we'll be saying at halftime, hey, can Tom Brady do it again? Can he bring them back? So I, I would take the Eagles in that uh, plus three in the first half. I, I'm taking the pa- I'm taking the Patriots. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking No, I – uh, and not just to fade Danny. I just I feel like for some reason they're going to get it together. The Patriots being and and really 
I just feel like this is going to be the one where it's going to be a runaway, where they're going to be like, look, we're here. We're the Patriots. Made it. I have a feeling how I know this like whole segment's going to go. It's just going to be you guys fading <laughs> each other for the next 15 minutes. All right, so we'll get more back to the game, but the commercials, a huge aspect of Super Bowl Sunday. So over under one and a half commercials you actually laugh out loud at. Ooh. One and a half? One and a half. I'll I feel like that there. number has been declining in recent years. Yeah, there, it has been a kind of a letdown, but I think there'll be a couple that'll hit. I think I would say two. Like, I, and it was funny because I talked to Terry Bradshaw yesterday. Do you remember the, the ad he did last year with Tide where he had the stain and it was like kind of live? They had made it look like it was live and he had this huge yeah. ketchup stain and then it was actually not and it, but it looked live. Like I laughed out. I thought that was really good and genuine. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over. I think, I think I'll get, cause think about how many commercials there are. There are a ton of commercials. You got to get at least two that'll be funny. There are a lot of commercials okay. and I'm a laugh out loud guy. Um, but as, I've been disappointed lately. Watch with Ty, like Ty's going to laugh out loud. Ty's going to laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, I'm going, I'll, I'll go, I'll go over with you. I'll go over. I'll, I'll, I'll side with you on that one. What about crying? Wow. I know. I feel like there's some, set that, there's some commercials that, that like, one. okay. <laughs> That's fine. If I'm one. crying at a commercial, I'll text y'all for sure. Are you more of a crier or a laugher? A laugher, but like for sure, sometimes they'll throw you off. Like they'll give you a really emotional one. You know, yeah. like a whole family Not getting ready, ready for, for the Super Bowl. And This Is Us is, is airing right after the Super Bowl. Like, uh. I expect some seriously emotional commercials. All right, how about this? An emotional moment, potentially. Who will the MVP of the game thank first? And I have some odds listed for you. Teammates is the favorite at plus 200. God at plus 300. City plus 750. Coach plus 750. And then down the list, owner and family. Hmm. That's, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna go with God full because I think Foles has a good chance of winning MVP. If that's what I'm kind of in my Eagles mindset, and he's talked a lot about his faith, so I'm gonna say Foles says God first after. Yep. After he wins the MVP. That's that's a good breakdown. It's a good analysis of it. But because Thomas Brady is gonna win the MVP, yeah. Who is he thanking? And I don't ever hear him thanking God. I'm gonna go with uh, teammates probably. I think he's one of those guys gets up there polished, been there, done that. I'm gonna thank teammates. I believe last year he thanked his family first, which yeah. cashed in for some people. So we were going to get to Super Bowl MVP, but no need now. Danny has Nick Foles at 3-1 to one are the current odds for Nick Foles. That moved up this week. And Tom Brady minus 130 to win Super Bowl MVP, which would be his fifth. All right, let's go to another fake prop. Bill Belichick, a fashion icon, just like you two, uh, made some noise for getting off the plane, sporting his father's fedora. Will he wear that same fedora getting off the team plane heading back to New England? I'm putting yes at plus 300, no at minus 450. It's a no. No way. He's not going to Jason Mraz that twice. There's no way. He can't. He'd switch it up, if anything. I'm going to say he does. But if they lose, so I don't know because I think they're going to lose. So I don't think he wears it getting off. If they win, I think he does wear it. I think it's going to be the hat box somewhere. I think he's got a little hat box. He's going to be packing that thing away. Fair. That's not on the list. But what color hoodie is he going to wear on Sunday? Gray. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> blue. Yeah, blue. Uh, no, gray. he's gray, man. Yeah, like he he, gray. Everything about him is gray. He's Can like, I just uh, say something real quick? The fact that Raja just said hat box. I think NBA dudes are the only ones that have or know what a hat box is. <laughs> I know this is last year. Uh, last year, I think it was at, or no, I was in Phoenix for the, uh, the final four and, uh, D Wade was staying at our hotel and I saw him walking through the lobby 
and he was carrying a Louis Vuitton hat box, and it was probably like three or four grand. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's how the NBA dudes roll. So I, I don't, I don't know if anybody else knows what hat box is. Keep I guarantee you, Belichick doesn't have a hat box. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He'll be like know. crumpled up in his in his yeah. like duffel bag. Zero percent chance. <laughs> I have seen those Louis Vuitton ones. Those are so bougie. Uh, All right, yeah. Danny, you told us the other day that. At one point in time, you had some inside info on a national anthem performance before a big game. Have you gathered any inside information this week in Minnesota? I haven't yet, but I'm going to. I'll text the same source that I went to before, and I'm going to see if I can find it out. If I can, I'll tweet it before, because I think I did last year. I was going to say, just out, text us individually. <laughs> just, just text the three of us. <laughs> All right, I will. I'll make sure I do. All right, so Pink is performing the national anthem, and the over-under currently set at two minutes. So some research has been done on this. Over the last 12 national anthems at the Super Bowl, the average is 158. But is is Pink She's going different? under two minutes. Yeah? She can't belt it out. She's got parties to go to, things to do. <laughs> I have no um, idea. So last year I think it was 201. Um, not that I, and it's kind of sad that I remember that. <laughs> that uh, is impressive. I'm going to say, Pink, and this is without any insider info, so I could switch if I do get some. I'm going to say Pink is very performance oriented, so I'm going to say she slows it down. I mean, she's been known to fly from the Raptors. She could be doing some, you know, acrobatics coming down from the top. I don't know. So I'm going to say she takes longer. I'm going to say she goes over. I'm with you on that, Danny. Over. What? Definitely putting on a show. Stand alone? I'm, I'm so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait on that tweet or text from yes. Danny Cannell. Uh, <laughs> this next prop, strictly for Hannah. So this longer number of days that Blake Griffin and Kendall Jenner last in their relationship <laughs> with Blake now in Detroit, mm-hmm. or if and when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, the collective state of Philadelphia drunkenness. How long does that last? Which one lasts longer? <laughs> Blake and Kendall are no longer, I think. So I'm going to say Philly. Philly drunkenness. How long do you, so Blake and Kendall are done and I don't think how long does Philly long stay drunk? Philly stays drunk for a couple weeks. <laughs> it's 365. <laughs> Up until that Kendall's season. Kendall's the hot one, right? Kendall is like the the model. Yeah. The skinny I'm, model, yeah. The Philly drunkenness is going to last a long time. But I'm going to say uh, Blake and Kendall. I don't think Kendall's, like, cool, though. I don't know. Well, I she doesn't have a lot, like, uh, I'm not going to rip anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's very cool. But she is beautiful. She is yeah, beautiful. for sure. Oh, my gosh, they all are. All right, on, yeah. the, on the field, we move back oh. to the real ones. Ty, we're going to talk about Gronk again. Do you have anything to say? Not really. Okay. Oh. One time's enough. He is cleared to play. The over-under for his receiving yards is set at 75 and a half. Ooh. Is that too big of a number? That's a big number, isn't it, Danny? I mean, I don't bet football, but that sounds like a – I mean, I know he could... – uh, He's his guy, man. He's – I think if he plays and he's healthy, which he is, I think he gets over that. I think he's going to be a featured part of it. And he's – I'm trying to make this the Danny Cannell name-dropping episode, <laughs> so I'm going to drop another name at you. So I was talking to Tony Gonzalez yesterday. Boom. Uh, you know, it's going to be a Hall of Fame tight end. Right. And I was asking him because – and he had the same deal. Like these guys, you just can't cover them with one person. And even if you try to cover them with two, like you throw it in the vicinity, Brady has such a confidence in Gronk. I think he does. I think he goes to him often, and it's tough to stop. So I'm going to say I'm going to say over. It's a big number. Uh, I agree <laughs> with you, though. He's a boss. Yeah, he'll get it. Whatever. Over. 
What do I care? <laughs> <laughs> I can't ever give, give a rip. <laughs> All right. So fake Patriots fan Mark Wahlberg left last Uh-oh. year's Super Bowl. I'm calling him fake, Danny. Wow. When the Patriots were down 28-3. to At what point in this game will Mark Wahlberg leave? <laughs> when did he leave last leave. time? He has no option. He has to stay till the very, very end. Yeah, he's stuck. He left in the third quarter last year. Is he even going? I don't know, but I would say he's not going. <laughs> after he after he finishes drinking champagne in the Patriots locker room, he'll bounce. <laughs> All right, Debo, I'm gonna drop one more for you. I was talking to Vince Papali. You know who he is. I don't know I if Hannah or Raja know who he Invincible. is. Invincible. Yeah, yeah he's Invincible, the movie. Uh-huh. So we were talking to him, and he looked at me. He goes, "You know what?" He goes, "You look kind of like Mark Wahlberg. You keep yourself in good shape. You're a good-looking guy." Like he told me, I should basically be a Hollywood movie star. <laughs> in so many words, <laughs> he's known in Philadelphia strictly for like hyping people up and just like giving them compliments. That's, oh. his... <laughs> well, then that, that's exactly what he did. Then that's I need why to meet him then. <laughs> All right, a couple more here on the biggest edition of the year of picks and props. The Gatorade bath. We have to get to it. What yeah. color is it going to be? Do you guys have anything in mind or you want to know the props? Orange. Orange at plus 300. That is the second favorite. Red. Red uh. is the third favorite at Yellow. plus 400. Really green, advanced science favorite, here. Right? The, the favorite is a combination of lime, green, or yellow. So yep. you have a couple options <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no, I say that yeah. one for sure. The or yellow. you could go Purple. no bath. No bath. No. Do they have like oh, the fierce? Do they have the fierce? Especially if you're the Eagles. But if the Purple. if the Patriots win, though, they've probably done it so many times they might not. But the Eagles would do it for sure. Bill Belichick gets equally as pissed off every time. Yeah, yeah. All I'm right. Halftime show. It's a big one. Hannah came in here, just bless you. So excited about Justin Timberlake. I think it's the most excited it's I've his ever new seen. New album. Her. I was so excited, y'all. It's so good. Mark my words. Listen to it. That's it's a negative okay. ghostwriter. My oh, on, question is, <laughs> is a five-second delay enough for Justin Timberlake during the halftime show? What do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. He's a pro. Yeah, he was a, a pro, pro 14 years no, ago. No, he's been doing this with NSYNC since he was like 16 years old. He is fine. He needs no delay. He is like the best in the biz. <laughs> Nothing the like that biz. is going to happen. I mean, and that I wasn't wonder, even his fault. I, I agree, wonder. though. I wonder if in his, like, clause, his agreement to do this, if the NFL has some sort of fine schedule or something that says we cannot have any incident the way we did before. I think, I think, has it been talked about at all? Is there any surprise guest rumors? Cause I kind of always look forward to the surprise guests. People like, were saying, like, InSync has been ruled out. Yeah, no, InSync definitely not happening. And Janet Jackson, right? No, like no, no way would he ever do that. <laughs> um, like I heard people joking about like Jimmy Fallon and all that. I don't think he's going to do anything. Um, I don't really care. <laughs> I think it's just him. I'm with Hannah though. I'm excited about his new album. I'll say that. I'm so excited. He's legit, man. The guy can perform. He's good. I don't care what you think of. He's good. Two more on the picks and props. So on Tuesday night, for the first time in 13 years, I went back and rewatched Super Bowl 39 just so I could relive the pain. <laughs> So I could be more excited and just relive the glory this Sunday, but I hadn't seen a clip of it in 13 years. And and Donovan McNabb's game was atrocious, and it changed my perception of him. Oh. We remember him throwing up in the final couple minutes. Will Donovan McNabb puking be mentioned at all during the broadcast? Yes. yes. They'll bring it up. Yes, it will be mentioned. Danny, you always bring up those 
corny cor- uh, storylines that they like to mention. Do they talk about McNabb vomiting with uh, four minutes to go? 100% they bring it up because they're going to talk about the history of the uh, Super Bowl. 100% they'll talk about that. All right. Are we done with picks and props? One more. Danny, we got to get you with this one. <laughs> the number of regrettable tweets that Danny sends out during the Super Bowl. Send, as our friend Old Takes Exposed told us last week on the podcast, Danny had a couple during the national championship game. To a, oh, no uh, doubt. Talk of a over, The over-under for this one, number of regrettable tweets Danny sends out is set at four and a half. <laughs> I don't say under. Come on. You, I've learned my lesson. I don't Way think under. you regret most of them. Like, I right. think you're fine <laughs> with them. Right. Regrettable <laughs> in the public eye. <laughs> Uh, under. under, not Way in Danny's under. mind. Only, I'm gonna like, and that's the thing about old takes exposed. I think he scares a lot of people. Like, I'm not gonna. Actually, I'll probably put out something. I'll put out a prediction before the game. You better hope I'm not regretting those Debo. Yeah. <laughs> probably gonna do something on the Eagles. Uh, but yeah, like the halftime when you say ball game or that's the over. It's you know ball, the done Patriots or toast. You won't find me tweeting that. I might be saying it if the Eagles are getting beat, but I'm not. It's definitely gonna be under. It's like interceptions. I used to stop throwing the football if I had three interceptions in a game. If I have three bad tweets, I'm stop tweeting. I'm not going to do that. That's a good rule. Um, All right. We got five-star Q&A. Yeah, but before we get to five-star Q&A, um, I just need Debo to tell us a little story that he shared with oh, me yeah. about um, uh, a first date he had this week. All right. I'm going to regret doing this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of questions from my mom. Thank you for listening, mom. Uh, went on a date this week. I have a history of back in like – High school, middle school, uh, a little bit queasy, uh, passing out a few times in those <laughs> days in health class. Uh, this aforementioned date started to bring up just a little bit of a medical di- medical condition. wasn't too serious. I got queasy, got lightheaded, got cold. My body went numb. I told her to stop talking, and I needed a minute. And that's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> I just had to spit that out real quick. You passed out on her? Not a full pass out, but I was very close. If she kept talking, I was, I was going to hit the floor. Now, this is something that happens with you? Like you it, have a condition? It's been a long, long time. And it was more like health class related. And it wasn't even like a serious thing. I just uh, – <laughs> I don't know oh, if it was nerves. This. He told me this How yesterday. Did she, did she freak out? Uh, she said she was highly offended. Highly offended. Jesus. I, I'm excited to hear about the potential date number two. Let me tell you, if that happened date number D- one. Danny, what, what are you putting the picks and props on the odds of a date number two? <laughs> I would say slim to none. If she was freaked out and offended by it, for sure. Yeah, so there we go. Five-star Q&A. I think I'd be intrigued. Okay, five-star Q&A. All right, Willie Moore 11. He says, what is the most ridiculous habit or super superstition you saw in the locker room and your personal lives? He also said this one is for Hannah, who pays for the first date. So y'all can take the first part of that question. <laughs> um, that's I, I, I don't know ridiculous superstition. One of mine was I have to go in and I would go, like I put on my whole uniform, and then I'd have to take my my shirt off and put on like a shooting shirt to go out and warm up. So it wasn't a big deal, but I would get in the full uniform, make sure I put my jersey on, then immediately take my jersey off and then put on another t-shirt to go out and warm up. Danny, you have any? So the worst one out is kind of nasty. It's gross. But a couple guys throughout my career in the, in the locker room before a game would puke. And it was almost like they had to do it to, like, get themselves ready or just get it out of the way. 
that was the worst because I, I, I can't stand when I, I, that's probably my least favorite thing in the world is to have to throw up. And if I, like, I'd have to make sure I didn't see it or I would potentially puke and I didn't want to. I didn't need that for my superstition. So that was the weirdest, worst one that I saw. I hated that. Um, I don't know why yeah. he asked me. Who and it's no first. doubt the dude pays the first date. Like, that's a horrible question. The dude pays every single time. If he doesn't pay, it's not a date. Then we're just like homies, and I probably won't text there's, you. Yeah, there's not <laughs> another date. Right. Yeah, just, then it just doesn't even matter. Don't pass out. Uh, Yeah, just don't pass out. So Houston Josh J, he says, I am heading to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and it has me wondering, other than being at the actual game, where's the coolest place you guys have gone for the Super Bowl? Also, what is the most you have spent to get into the VIP section at a club? Debo, go Eagles. Just put $1,000 on the money line. Bam. <laughs> That's a long tweet. Um, I don't know. Coolest place I've ever watched Super Bowl. I'm usually watching the Super Bowl at, at the house. Um <laughs> The least cool place I've ever watched the Super Bowl was like at a at a embassy suites in um in Sacramento, California. We were out there with the we were out there with the Jazz, and it was like we couldn't find a sports bar to run out, and so we watched it in the in like a little a little like banquet room at the embassy suites. It was pretty corny. Um, Carlos Boozer had a great party one year. They had just bought a crib up like up above the city in Salt Lake. He and he and his wife and. They had this big spread and it was overlooking the city and it was, it was a really, it was a really cool party. So that was probably the best Super Bowl party I've been to. I'm going to say Houston Josh J has a pretty good setup going to Vegas. That's got to be a pretty good spot. I think the coolest thing is like, uh, Raja was talking about, like with friends at a party, like if you got good people to watch it with, uh, that, that's my favorite thing. What about this like question about the VIP section at a club? Zero. Uh, I'm not paying anything to get. I know. I have never paid for any of that. No uh, way. I mean, you paid it for bottles, right? Like, I feel like right. when you go in, I won't go to a club. Like, I have to go and have a seat. So, I typically, if I'm going, everyone knows that we have to be somewhere where I could sit down on a couch. So, like, I don't know what the most I paid, but we buy a couple bottles and go sit down. Yeah, the bottle. I forgot about the bottles. I'm not paying a hundred bucks just to get in the VIP section. But if you get something back, although it is ridiculous to pay five hundo for a, a bottle of Grey Goose. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, no, paying for nothing, never. Um, Rob from ATL. <laughs> different situation for you. Here. <laughs> That's true. Um, Rob from ATL. This is like our favorite guy. He, he says, had a, a job interview today, so good luck on that, Rob. <gasps> oh, yeah. good luck, go, Robbie. Oh my goodness. All right. So with the Super Bowl this weekend ahead, a throwback to softer than Strasburg. What is the most severe injury you think you could play through in a Super Bowl or a Game 7 final? Ooh, most, Great question. Most severe injury? I mean, I don't like... You think you could play through I mean, give me an injury and then I'll tell you whether I can play through What about him almost passing out? Does that count? <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You <laughs> pass you out play, and get right back up. I would say anything that I could shoot up, I would play through. Like, anything oh, I yeah. could just say, hey, give me, give me a shot that I won't feel it. Like, I played... I played with a back injury in the regular season where I had shot up my back just to play a regular season game. It's a Super Bowl. Like, unless it, like, it would have to be fractured where there's bone protruding for me to not play in a Super Bowl. It would have to be something where you couldn't walk or couldn't move. Yeah. Cause I would do whatever it takes to Super Bowl. You do whatever it takes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I was, I was, I wasn't afraid of a needle either. So I, I, it's hard to say though, like, cause like if you have a torn, like ACL or something, you can't do your job, but. But, um, yeah, I'm with you, bro. You play whatever it is. If you can numb the pain and still get through it, you do it. All right. Rajah's got a bolt. We're going to do a couple more uh, without Rajah, but he's got to get going, get Ty out of here, man. Uh, have a good weekend, bro. Holla, you too, man. Enjoy the game. All right. Later. Hannah, let's keep it rolling. What else we got? Um, all right. So, Danny, would you ever go back to ESPN? I'm sorry. This is from Douta26. He says, Danny, would you ever go back to ESPN after they let you go? My guess, hell no. Too nice in Florida. The, the basic one of that one is – 
would you move back to Connecticut? And that is definitely a hell no. Uh, but it's like anything, uh, anybody, I would work anywhere, wherever they paid me, you know, but I love <laughs> what I'm doing at CBS sports. Not like, I love what I'm doing here with you guys. There's no off the bench at ESPN. Easy answer. Breaking, breaking news. Danny Cannell wants to go back to ESPN. That's what the headlines are going to read after that. Don't be getting me in trouble with our bosses here. No, we know. Perfectly happy where I am. But like, if you see like Keith Olbermann, who had one of the worst exits from ESPN ever, he came back. Like guys go back to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird business. Like you never say I wouldn't go back somewhere Mm -hmm. because you never know. Um, all right, Game Day Cole says, Danny, what percentage of your departure from ESPN would you attribute to your perceived anti-SEC bias? Ooh, that's a good, a lot of ESPN questions today. I would say, like, when I got laid off and I went into the, the actual meeting, like, it was, it sucked. Like, first of all, I didn't see it coming and I got the phone call. I was actually home working out in my basement and I got a call at eight o'clock in the morning and I knew it was the ESPN like number because it had the extension and I didn't answer it because everybody knew the cuts were coming and I was like oh crap you got to be kidding me and then I was like maybe it's our producer looking for a story but I was like no there's no way so then I got a text from the guy who's like hey we need you to come in and I knew exactly what it was about I almost didn't want to go because I was like why don't just text me like tell me it's over but I went in and there was three people in there There there's somebody from HR and two of my bosses and the guy said, look, this is nothing about performance. We think you're good at what you do. It's a it's a layoff. This is corporate. It happens all the time. It's a cost-saving move. And, uh, like, he gave me that one. That was the reason, which was, yeah, I'm sure it was some of it. But I actually do think there was something in there because one of the bosses that's pretty high up um, that moved up the ranks used to be at the SEC network and then moved and got promoted into the head of the ESPN, the big ESPN. And I definitely think that this person's animosity towards me because of my <laughs> outspokenness on the SEC played a factor. So, oh man, <laughs> yeah, juice for you. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I could be way off base, but I do think it affected me somewhat. Well, those are all the questions that we have. For today, I would still like some juicier questions going yeah, forward. Yeah, we're getting there. They're, we're getting they're there. starting to sprinkle some in for Hannah, too, which <laughs> I like. Like, let's bring more of those. And I think if any dude is listening, hopefully he heard your answer when you said the dude better pay or he's not getting a call back. I like, just don't understand why anyone it. would not pay on the first and, date. And, Danny, let's bring back an incentive for people to leave a five-star Q&A. You actually found a, zillion a car. shipment. Of Danny Cannell cards. So we're going to bring that back. If you leave a five-star question on Apple Podcasts, you send a screenshot of that to us at Cannell and Bell on Twitter. We will send you a Danny Cannell signed. And I think they're all rookie cards, which people yeah, have been they're, they're uh, hyped about Those on Twitter. rookie cards are hard to find, right, except to the thousand that I have. No, but we'll give those away. I think we need to do something with Raja, too. Like maybe it's a, a 9 by 11 glossy photo signed. But it has to be something where we get retweets. If you interact with Debo and you get something, something you got to come up with something good, Debo, for us to, for incentive. For the Twitter follows too, because we need to bump up that following I'm too. On at Mel and Bell, get on there. Make sure you go. So what Debo's talking about, go to our uh, iTunes page, subscribe, download to us our podcast. But when you do, leave us a five star review and ask us a question. Ask it for Raja, me, Debo about his dating life, which sounds like it needs some help. Ask Hannah. Ask us anything. You can ask a little bit about sports. We'll get to that too. But we like to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, if you do. 
you can DM at Canel and Bell and you get that prize. You get the signed Danny Canel football card, which you can give to somebody or throw it in the trash if you don't like it. <laughs> All right, next week, huge week for us coming up. We have National Signing Day. We'll get our reaction. Hopefully Debo is is maybe calls in sick because I know he's going to be in Philly. Hopefully he's still hungover from celebrating an Eagles win for him. 34-17. What's that? 34-17 Eagles. Oh, you're calling a blowout, like no stress game. The first Patriots Super Bowl not decided by one possession. I don't want that. I'm sorry. I want a close game. Because as somebody with no dog in the fight, like I want to see a close game. So hopefully you're wrong and the Eagles win by a field goal late and you're freaking out. And maybe even pass out because I didn't know you had history of that. (laughs) Wait, do we think Tom Brady kisses anyone after the game? (laughs) I guarantee it'll be quicker than the one he gave his son. Yes, thank you. (laughs) All right, thanks for checking us out.